This is the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. I'm Susie Collick, the founder of Pretty Deadly Self-Defense. And I'm Kate Lismer, a writer, traveler, mother, and expat. As a woman who lives in a big city and likes to travel, I'm very curious about self-defense. I've never had any training, so I have a lot of questions. And I have a lot of answers. We figured you probably have similar questions too. And so we thought it'd be a great idea to share this conversation and put it in a podcast. So welcome to the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. We've talked about trauma on a number of different episodes, and I've talked about my experiences, and you've talked about yours. And I wanted to ask you if you believe that people ever can totally recover from trauma. No. <laughs> Um, no, I don't think you do recover from trauma. I think trauma just becomes a part of your story. I think what we do though, and, and, and that sounds pretty defeatist and really disappointing if you're someone who's struggling with trauma at the moment. I think what we can do is learn how to learn how to release ourselves from the trauma loop which is what many people suffer from. But the trauma is going to stay. You know, the, the traumatic event stays. It stays. It's now a part of your story. It's a part of who you are. How we take that event and build from it is how we help make a new story for ourselves. So some of that comes with acceptance, which sounds like pretty impossible. Um but it's a necessary step as well. I wonder, because we talked about in the last episode, this idea of trauma, you know, traumas re-triggering traumas and having this feeling of like, this is what happened to me. You know, we talked about this kissing episode and what happened to me was like, it brought up all these old things. It made me think, oh, I haven't recovered from all these old traumas. I'm still like, you know, that was surprising to me too, that I thought, oh my God, I thought I had... I thought I was over this and now here I'm having all these thoughts again about things that happened 15 years ago. And I mean, what is that? Like, is this, is it re-triggering or is it just the fact that it's always going to be there? And I mean, I think there's things we can learn from trauma in the sense that, um, in the sense that when we experience similar stimuli, when our body responds to it in the same way, that helps our analytical brain understand that, oh, okay, this situation is very similar. It also helps our analytical brain or our more primordial, that's not a brain, is it primordial? Primitive, primitive brain. <laughs> Too much Diet Coke. Um, it helps our primitive brain also say, okay, so this is how I responded last time. I'm going to respond differently this time because last time, had this result and I want a new result. All of the information that we absorb in, in basically in functioning human brains, fully functioning human brains, because not, not everyone is working with the same brain functions all the time, but in fully functioning adult human brains or even child brains, you remember every single thing that's ever happened to you. Not consciously, because that would be hard to get through every day. But it's all there. It's all stored. And it comes out when you need it. So just as um, 
some self-defense technique you learned 25 years ago in a 30-minute workshop at the YMCA suddenly pops out when you need it on the street, so does response or so do responses, you know, to help your body say like, oh yeah, we know this. We understand. We've been through it. This is what training is for. This is what you train for in not so much in martial arts, but what you train for in self-defense. You get yourself used to situations. If this were to happen, these are the different ways that I can respond. And this is how my body learns, excuse me, that it has all these options and all these tools. You do that through repetitive motion, of course, repetitive techniques and actions, but you also do it through scenarios. So like, you know, for example, in Pretty Deadly, we talk about scenarios. We tell a story you know, in the second and third levels. You're a woman alone, a single woman. You go out on a Friday night with friends. You take the subway to a nightclub or a bar. You hang out. You have a good time. Maybe you meet someone. Maybe you don't. You take the subway home again. You walk to your front door. That's your night. That happens for a lot of women all the time, all over the world, and nothing ever goes wrong along the way. But there are times when things go wrong, and that's what we train for. So we look at each of those moments in that night. What are the things that can go wrong and what are the ways we can respond? So that's what training self-defense is and can be. Getting over trauma, um, it's really more about incorporating trauma into your life. I think when we think about trauma, we always only think about negative trauma, meaning an assault, a rape, sexual harassment, somebody just yelling at you. Um, if you live in Germany, being reprimanded by any <laughs> given German on the street. That is traumatic. It's I mean- totally traumatic. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, any of these things, you know, or if you've had bigger traumas happen, all those are big traumas, but, you know, a house burned down, you know, a car accident, all of these really big traumas. And we always tend to think of trauma in these negative aspects, but trauma is simply a word. It's neutral. You can also have good trauma, or what I call good trauma. So the the example that I always use in Pretty Deadly, although I use it so much that I don't think it would be a trauma if it happened in real life, is if I suddenly got a call at 5 a.m. saying, congratulations, you won the Nobel Prize, this would also be a trauma. No one in my family has ever won the Nobel Prize. I don't know anyone who's won the Nobel Prize. I've never had this experience before in my life. I would have a traumatic response. That traumatic response would look a lot like a traumatic response to a negative event. I would get full of energy. I might start shaking. Oh, my God. I would jump out of bed. I might scream. I would probably call people. I might burst into tears. All of those things. And then I would replay this over and over and over. And if I never move on from this moment of trauma, I might replay this phone call for the rest of my life at cocktail parties and annoy the hell out of everyone I ever talked to. Oh, my God, she's going to tell that story again. That's also a trauma loop. Well, then how would you define trauma? Just some... um, uh physiological response to an event? No, I, so in the trauma that I'm talking about, it's a psychological response or an emotional response. Um, 
it's experiencing an event for which you have had no prior context. Mm-hmm. I screwed up the grammar on that. But yeah, you have no prior context for this experience. Hmm. Your brain doesn't know what to do with it. So babies are just like in constant trauma. Yeah, actually babies do. Are, it's, it's a traumatic experience being born. My sister-in-law um, is kind of like a baby whisperer. And she she talks about this a lot, or she did talk about this a lot, like when my nieces were born, because one niece, I hope they're not listening. Sorry. Um, one niece was like super chill and slept all the time as an infant. And the other one was always crying and they're twins. So the chill one pushed the crying one out. So she was kind of forced out in the world a little faster than she wanted to go. And, uh, and she had a really hard time adjusting to life outside the womb. And she was having a, she had a traumatic response to it. So yeah, you know, babies are nothing but trauma for them, which is why it's important to nurture infants, you know, and make sure that their, you know, their other needs are being met, you know, while they're, or when they're experiencing new things, they're experiencing those things in safe ways. You know, like when you take your baby to the ocean for the first time, it's not like, ah, here's the ocean, ah, you know, and everybody's screaming. It's everyone stays calm and look and, oh, we love it. And, you know, we're having as parents and adults, we're having delighted responses. And with by doing that, we're letting the baby know that this is a positive experience Mm -hmm. and you're safe and, you know, this is this is a good trauma. Mm, that we can like color their experiences yeah, based on how exactly. we react and introduce that's interesting because you're right if they you know they could experience something that we take for granted and just have a completely different reaction if we didn't give them a context for it yeah exactly or you could take your baby to the beach and just be like you know plunk the kid in the sand and now it's up to them to figure out what the hell is going on And you may end up with an adult later, you know, 18, 21 years down the line who's like, I hate water. Right. That's funny you say this because when we took my daughter to the beach for the first time, like I love the ocean. I've always had this fantasy of like living on the beach. It's like my favorite place. But when I got her there, like that was what I conveyed was like, oh my gosh, the ocean, Mm -hmm. like, look, you know, and so even my tone and my excitement, um, she was you know, super excited and like ah, screaming, but mm-hmm. you know, I never thought of it that way, but that how much my, um, interpretation of the experience was sort of handed to her. Sure. Yeah, exactly. You know, we give them context. So that's what trauma is. I mean, of course there's physical trauma to the body, which has a medical definition, but this type of trauma, the way our brain processes these new events, whether they're frightening or whether they are positive, Mm-hmm. is really similar. It's a very neutral word. And that's also why, you know, the same thing can happen to you and happen to me. And for you, it may be traumatic. And for me, it may be no big deal. Because you've had no prior experience and I've been experiencing it, you know, for months or years or whatever. Right. And, and vice versa. So that's why, you know, there's different trauma for different people. hmm so back to the original question, um, you know, if, if there's no way to truly recover from good or bad trauma, that it just becomes sort of a uh, part of our 
our bodily memory and our makeup, um, you know, how are ways that we can, I don't know, protect ourselves from being slaves to it or somehow impacted, you know, in negative ways by these memories? Well, I think one of the things we want to try and do is help ourselves feel safe and help ourselves understand that the event is over so that we're not stuck in that trauma loop. Sometimes, especially when it's a negative trauma, that means talking to yourself. Um, we're, we're so often told to not blame ourselves for anything. And that's true. It's not your fault if someone else assaults you. But I think we also need to apologize to ourselves for basically not protecting ourselves in that moment. Like, I'm sorry I let you down. It's which is a weird thing to say, but I think it's important to acknowledge that because we don't. And so much of current um, therapy doesn't encourage that. It only encourages moving forward in the positive way without looking at like, yeah, you know what? You it's I don't feel you let yourself down. Society doesn't see that you let yourself down. But on a subconscious level, you're disappointed in yourself. And that's okay. It's okay to feel that and it's okay to, it's good to acknowledge that and it's good to say, yeah, I'm sorry, so that you can move forward. Reminding ourselves that we're safe, that the event is over, apologizing to ourselves if we need to, and looking to what's happening now is very important as well. So taking that good trauma, right? If I spend the rest of my life talking about that one phone call because I've never processed that trauma. It also means that I didn't stay in the moment while I was accepting the actual award. I'm still on the phone call, right? I need to stay in this moment now. What can I do now? What is being completed now? I like to do that through the body. I find that that's more effective for me, you know, through martial arts training or going for a run or weightlifting or whatever it is. But that helps me engage with the present moment, especially when it's stuff like, martial arts training, because I really have to pay attention if somebody's trying to hit me. Or if I'm doing strength training with weights, because I really have to pay attention. I can't like space out while I've got some barbell hanging over my head, you know, not hanging that I've put there. Mm -hmm. So I think that those simple things can help us. And then learn to incorporate it. You know, what are the things that I've learned from this and how can I use that moving forward into my life? When we experience a trauma, it also means that something else in our life has changed forever, forever. Right now, globally, we've just gone through a collective trauma. The world has changed forever. Mm -hmm. It will not go back to what it was. We also have to come to terms with that in some way and accept it in some way and say, okay, so we went through this experience what can I take from this moving forward? Can it inform me? How do I let myself know that this is, at least this portion of it is over? It doesn't have to define you, but it can become a healthy part of you. It's so true. And it's like, and um, I'm really glad you brought up this collective trauma of the pandemic because it's so relevant. And I feel like whether it's an incident that happens to us individually or collectively, it's like there is this desire to just like move through it, you know, and kind of um, get on with everything. And even with what I experienced this week, you know, it's like, I just want to 
what can I do to just be over it? You know, and I think with the pandemic, it's like, as you said, it's not going to go back to what it was, but like, how can we move forward in a way that remembers it in a, you know, not in a positive way, but in a productive way? Right. Productive way, I think, is the is the key word there for any kind of trauma. Yeah. You know, as much as you can. And some 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 traumas are regardless of what the actual event is, you know, they do they can do damage and they can do permanent damage. And that is horrible. But it exists. And it's, yeah, sometimes it's just a matter of accepting as well. But yeah, how do I get over it? I just want to get over it. You're never going to get over it. You don't ever get over anything. The only thing you're ever going to get over is life. The second you die, you're over it. <laughs> Everything else, it carries, you carry it with you forever. And, and, and that's an okay thing. That's what makes us dynamic and vibrant and three-dimensional fantastic, fascinating, infuriating human beings. Mm -hmm. But it's learning to accept all these things and how do I weave, how do I weave these things into my story in, in the most productive way? Pretty Deadly Self-Defense is a self-defense program created by a 20-year martial arts veteran and violent crime survivor, Susie Collin, based in Berlin, Germany. You can learn more about Susie and the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense program at prettydeadlyselfdefense.com.